This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Auto Repair Marketing Podcast. I'm your host today, Brian Walker, and today I'm going to be talking about ADA compliance, specifically for your website. This is something that is super important. Just listening to this episode and taking action based off of what you hear is something that could save you tens of thousands of dollars. But first, thank you to our friends at RepairPal for providing this episode. RepairPal's certified network of shops are trusted by millions of customers each month. Learn more at RepairPal.com forward slash shops. All right. So, you know, this is not one of those fun topics to cover. It's just kind of boring, but it's interesting at the same time. And it is something that you really should be addressing. It's something that you should make sure that you have in place. And there's so many small businesses that are finding themselves the victim of a lawsuit. And I say the victim because the truth about this is most of the lawsuits that are happening, they're like calculated, they're planned. They're people who are out there looking for businesses who are not doing things the right way. And then they're bringing a lawsuit against them. You know, we can call it a frivolous lawsuit. I don't know if that's the right word or not, because they're suing you or the business owner for something that is a legitimate problem. But the way that they do it is kind of a little scummy. But nevertheless, it is happening. These small businesses are finding themselves the victim of these lawsuits that are being sued for noncompliance to ADA Title III. And, you know, Title III, it covers a lot of stuff. And let me also, I want to say this before I get too far into this. I am not a lawyer. All right. This is not legal advice. I need to cover myself here because I want you to understand that I do not know ADA compliance inside and out. I know it pretty well from a standpoint of your website. And that's what we're going to be talking about today is your website. And I'm going to talk to you about the top things that you need to get done. There are over a hundred points to ADA title three compliance. When it comes to your website, it's nearly impossible to get a website to truly be a hundred percent ADA compliant. We want to make it the best that it can be. And I'm going to get into that in more detail, but again, this is not legal advice. I am not an attorney. If you really want to you know, be 100% certain that you are ADA compliant, then you need to be talking to someone who is at a different level with this stuff than I am. In my company, we do build websites uh, professionally. I will still never guarantee that a website is 100% ADA compliant. It will be better than almost any other website that you will find when it comes to ADA compliance. But there's so many little things that they look for that I have to say that I won't guarantee it. So if you think about ADA compliance, most of the time people are thinking about things like the ramp going up to the door of their building or having handrails in the bathroom or that sort of thing. And they don't usually think about their website. But I hope that it makes sense once we get into this of why it is important for your website to be ADA compliant. If you think about it, you have people who are both visually impaired and hearing impaired who need to be able to use your website. At first, you might be like, well, if somebody is so visually impaired that they can't read a website, they're not driving a car. And you're probably right about that. But 
What if there is a visually impaired spouse? They're trying to help their significant other find a good auto repair shop and they need to be able to read your website. So it may not make sense at first, but it is something that you need to make sure that people who are visually impaired and hearing impaired can view and read your website. And the way that they are doing that is with a screen reader for the visually impaired. And I'm going to talk a bit about how a screen reader works. I will tell you that it is a very interesting and enlightening thing to do to go download a screen reader app. It could be like a Chrome extension that you put on your computer and it will allow you to simulate as if you were using a screen reader. And once you do that, then you start to understand why it is so important that your website be ADA compliant. Because if it is not, reading through a website can be a a pretty overwhelming task for someone who's using that screen reader. And it's also, it's not just for people who are completely blind or completely deaf. It could be someone who is colorblind, for example. And a lot of times you don't think about that, but if someone is colorblind and you don't have like good contrasting colors, it can present a real problem. One of the common things that we see is where someone will put white text on top of a light gray background. And, you know, you or me, when we're reading it, we may be able to see that just fine. But someone who is colorblind may have a real difficult time with that. So you need to make sure of things like that, that, you know, the contrasting colors are good. There's two main reasons that you want to make sure that your website is ADA compliant. Number one, you don't want that lawsuit. I personally know business owners who it has cost them tens of thousands of dollars to get past that lawsuit. I've heard of cases where it cost in the hundreds of thousands of dollars to get past that lawsuit. So you don't want to deal with that. But number two, and this is the one that I really want you to grab a hold of as you're listening to this. It is the right thing to do. You know, we want to make sure that we are not discriminating against anybody. And that is what the Americans with Disabilities Act is all about, is to make sure that the people who have these disabilities are not being discriminated against, that they can do the same things as much as we can possibly make it as someone who does not have that disability. And when you're creating your website, the things that I'm going to talk about today, for the most part, they are relatively simple things that are going to make the viewing or reading or listening experience so much better on your website for them. And it's just the right thing to do. So I already said that there are over 100 factors that they look at when it comes to website ADA compliance. And also something that I want to say, if you go to the show notes, I have a couple of links in there. I have a link to a blog that I wrote about this where I get even more in depth about it. And I created a video because there's a lot of the things that I'm going to be talking about that it's it's difficult to explain, but it is much easier to show on video. So inside of that blog, I have the video embedded, but it is also linked right there in the show notes. So the most important factors, I'm going to read through them and then I'm going to come back and explain what each one of them is. All right. So skip nav. I want to say nav, I mean navigation, image, alt text, proper heading structure, labels on form fields, contrasting colors, clear, easy to read fonts, descriptive link text and subtitles on videos. So let's talk about each one of those. All right. Skip nav. So skip nav is a way that allows a person to skip the navigation on the website. And for you to understand why that is important, you have to understand how a screen reader works. With a screen reader, 
they are the user is tabbing from element to element and each link is going to be an element each heading is going to be an element so when someone gets to the page of the website if they start all the way at the top of the page then they may have things like logos and addresses and phone numbers and all of these things and if they're looking for that then that's great they don't have to use the skip nav they can get directly to those things but every element inside of the navigation both the primary navigation elements and the drop downs on the navigation is another tab so you take a typical auto repair shop website and i'm just talking about a typical one not like a really in-depth website it probably has 20 links inside of the navigation when you count the drop downs because of course you're going to have your home your about us your services and then under services you're going to have drop downs with all kinds of things that you're doing like alignments and oil changes and diagnostics and all of that stuff and then your contact us and you have all of these links inside of your navigation and that means they have to sit there tabbing through each and every one of them while the screen reader reads it to them just to get to the content of the page So that's what they're probably going to do on the first page of the website. Let's say that they are looking for your hours of operation. All right. And I'm going to use that as an example through a few things that I talk about hours of operation. So you may have those in the heading of your website and make it super easy for them. But most of the time that information is going to be held on your contact us page. It's great to put it in both places, put it in the header, put it on your contact us page. But Most of the time, again, it's going to be on your contact us page, or that's how most people do it when they're building a website. Not saying that's the right or the wrong way to do it, but if you're thinking about the person who is using the screen reader, then the first time they go to the website, they're going to go on and tap through the navigation until they get to the contact us page and then enter into the contact us page and they have to find that information. But when they enter into the contact us page, they don't want to have to tab through the entire navigation again, just to get down to the content. That's where the skip nav comes in place. The skip nav is an invisible element on the page that they can enter the skip nav and it will jump right past the navigation and down to the page content. And now they don't have to go through all of those navigation elements and logos and addresses and all that crap before they get to the information that they want. So that is why having a skip nav is important for ADA compliance. Our friends at RepairPal are making today's episode possible. Don't lose work to your competition. Today's consumers check pricing during all stages of the repair process, before, during, and after. Did you know that 81% of them do online price comparisons before making a purchase, and customers that check your price after they've already authorized the work do so after calling the competition? But RepairPal, the largest auto repair network, has a solution. Their fair price estimator tool can be put on your website to help you build trust with consumers up front to demystify price, Help educate consumers about what's involved in the repair, bring you higher web traffic, and prevent your customers from calling your competition. You have to be in it to win it, so head on over to RepairPal.com forward slash shops and set up a call to learn more about becoming RepairPal certified. When you sign up, you'll get one month of service free and save $150 off certification. That's RepairPal.com forward slash shops. The next thing that you want to have is image alt text. And as I'm telling you these, it's not that these are in any like order of importance because all of these things are important. I'm telling you about eight different things here that if you get these right, you're going to provide a pretty darn good user experience for the person who's on your website. And 
it's less likely that you're going to become the victim of a lawsuit if you have these things in place. So I'm telling you about these things, but don't worry about the order. You need to get all of these things in place. All right. So the next thing I'm going to talk about is image alt text. Now, image alt text, it's text that you can't see it when you go to a website and you're just reading you know, through a website normally. But on every image of your website, there's something called image alt text that describes, or in theory, it describes what that image is. And the screen reader picks up on that image alt text. You can see the image alt text if you view the source code of the website. But if you just go view it like a person who does not have a visual impairment, then you're not going to see that image alt text. What happens a lot of times with image alt text is people use it for SEO purposes, for search engine optimization. That's one of the the points I should make here, too, is that when you do a great job with ADA compliance, you're actually doing a great job at the same time with your search engine optimization. You're actually you're helping yourself to get found because the search engines use a lot of these things that you do for ADA compliance to make the website or to determine if that, that is a good ranking website. So with image alt text, what happens a lot of times is you might have an image on the home page that, you know, it's an image of a technician with a scan tool hooked up to a vehicle and they're doing a diagnostic test. But what the SEOs will do with that is for the image alt text, they'll put auto repair Atlanta. Well, what does that do for the person who is using the screen reader to look at the website? They don't have any idea what that image is. It could be anything. Now, it's good for SEO to do that because you got your primary keyword in there, which is auto repair. And then you got the location in there, which is Atlanta. But what you really want to do, the the way that I tell people to do image alt text is to pretend like there is someone sitting beside you who is visually impaired and you are describing to them what that image is. Now, you can also get those SEO key phrases in there. At the same time, in that same exact example that I just gave, you might do an image alt text that says something like a technician at Peak Automotive uses a scan tool to pull diagnostic trouble codes at their auto repair shop in Atlanta, Georgia. In that case, you have described exactly what is happening in that picture to a person who is visually impaired, but you've also gotten those keywords in place that are going to help you to rank for search engine optimization. So pay attention to your image alt text. Now, in most cases, the websites just don't have image alt text at all. And that is really bad. That's a, that is a great way to find yourself the victim of a lawsuit because it's one of the very first things that someone who wants to put one of these lawsuits on you, it's one of the very first things that they will check for. Proper heading structure is the next thing that I want to talk about. When it comes to headings, I want you to think back to when you were in school or college or whatever, and you were creating an outline. And during that outline, at the very top of the page, of course, you're going to have the title. Then you're going to have a heading. Then under that, you might have a block of content and then have a subheading and then another block of content and then another subheading. And basically what it did was it created a hierarchy of content. In the website world, we call these HTML headings. You have H1, H2, H3, and it can go as far. I mean, I've seen it as far as an H12 before. But primarily, you're going to have H1 through 6, and H1 through 3 are the ones that really matter the most for your ADA compliance. So in that example that I gave where someone is looking for hours of operation, 
When a person is using a screen reader and they're tabbing through a website, it's going to take them from section to section to section. It's not going to read the content to them until they tell the screen reader to read the content to them. And they're going to use the headings to determine what the content is under that heading because that's how a heading works. It is something that identifies what the content is below it. Should describe the content that is below them. And you should have a proper hierarchy of content on the website. So you use those headings so that when someone is using a screen reader, they can tap from heading to heading to find the block of content that they need to read. You don't want them to have the screen reader read the entire page of content to them for them to find something as simple as hours of operation. So when you have your hours of operation, you should have a heading over them. And that is usually going to be like an H3 or an H4 heading, but it's a heading that's going to say something like, hours of operation. And when the person tabs to it and the the screen reader reads that to them, then they know this is the content they're looking for. And they can go ahead and tell the screen reader to read the content to them so that they can now get the hours of operation. Proper heading structure. It's another one of those things that it's going to help you with SEO. It's going to help you to create good organized content. If you think about how you read through a website, you probably don't even realize that you do this, but you read the headings before you read the content. And you use the headings to determine what it is that you're looking for. Same exact thing that someone with a screen reader is going to use. All right. The next thing that is important to ADA compliance is having labels on your form fields. Now, a person who is visually impaired should be able to fill out a form on your website just as easily as a person who is not visually impaired. But if there's no labels on the form fields, then the screen reader can't tell them what they're about to fill out. And a lot of times for the sake of design, we get rid of the labels altogether. Now, you can get rid of those labels to where they don't actually show on the page. A lot of times trying to explain what this would be. So sometimes you go to a form and within the form field itself, there's like light gray writing that prompts you to this is what you need to put in this form field. Other times outside of the form field, there's an actual label to tell you what to put in there. If you have it where there's not that actual label, you need to have the labels just hidden so that the screen reader can still read them. It's very important to allow visually impaired people to be able to fill out your forms. The next one I'm going to talk about is contrasting colors. I hit on this a little bit already, but that is where I was talking about the person who is colorblind. And it doesn't even need to necessarily be colorblindness. It can be other types of visual impairments where If you have like a text on top of a background color and it's not like it doesn't have a a good hard contrast, then somebody may not be able to read that. Now, this is one of those gray areas, no pun, but this is something that it is very difficult to determine whether or not you got it right. There are some tools that will allow you to check the contrast. The thing is, we've had them come back before and say that the contrast was good when it obviously wasn't and we've had it come back before and say that the contrast was not good when it obviously was with like a black on top of white for example it's about as contrasting as you can get and and it failed it so this is something where you kind of have to use your best judgment but there is something else that you can do and i'm going to talk about a plugin that we install on websites and that will help you with this but I'll, i'll talk about that in a bit But it's just important to know that you need to have contrasting colors, primarily when it comes to your text 
and your button colors against the background. It doesn't matter when it comes to your images or just design elements that you're using that don't require someone to interact with it. But it does matter when it comes to someone being able to read or determine, is this an interaction point with the website, like a button or something like that? All right. You need to have clear, easy to read fonts. For the most part, you're going to be good with that. But sometimes people do use these ultra thin fonts or just weird fonts. And you don't exactly want to be using Comic Sans or Wingdings you know, as a font on your website, you want to use the clear fonts like your Arial's and Helvetica's and open sans and stuff like that. And there's probably some designers that'll listen to this and they'll cringe because they love the design of a great font, but you have to think about how readable that font is going to be for someone who is visually impaired. So don't get too crazy with your fonts, do whatever you want with your logo, but the actual things that people need to be reading on your website, use some fairly standard fonts with that. All right. Descriptive link text. When someone is using a screen reader and it comes across a link that might be in the middle of content, or it could be in the navigation or whatever, the screen reader is going to tell them what the name of the link is. And the name of the link is simply going to be the word that is linked, but you can actually put an additional link text description on it. In most cases, you're going to be just fine. You know, if you're in the navigation and you go to contact us, then people just universally understand that that's the page where all of the contact information is going to be. It's those internal links that may not make as much sense. I'm trying to think of what an example of that might be. A lot of times it might be something like a blog article, for example, and someone is reading headlight restoration. And the link just says headlight restoration. Well, we might be able to determine that, okay, that's going to bring me to a page about headlight restoration. But what if you didn't link it to a page about headlight restoration, but rather a blog about headlight restoration? You could put a link text in there that says when the screen reader gets to that link, instead of just saying headlight restoration, you can have it say blog colon best five products to use for clearing up yellowed headlights. And then that will tell the person that this is a link to a blog. It's not necessarily a link to like the page on your website that's about headlight restoration. So I hope that that helps you understand what that is. And then the last thing that I want to talk about is subtitles on videos. So we always think about the visually impaired person when we're thinking about ADA compliance on a website. But what about the hearing impaired person? You've got a video on your website, but someone who's hearing impaired, if they hit play on that video, then they don't know what you're saying. So when you create videos, you want to make sure that there are subtitles available. Now, number one, this is why I like hosting things on YouTube, because YouTube automatically creates subtitles. And someone who has a hearing impairment, they understand, like they know exactly where to go in that video to turn on the subtitles. Because... As someone who is not hearing impaired, if you're just watching videos, unless you go turn them on, you're not going to see them. You may not even know that YouTube has that feature, but they use artificial intelligence to create subtitles. And something that's important to know is that the subtitles are not 100% accurate. Now, having an inaccuracy in your subtitle, I would not think that that would cause a lawsuit. I'm certainly not going to sit here and tell you that it won't, but I would not think that that would cause a lawsuit. 
But still, you can go back and play your videos and see the subtitles and you can correct issues with those subtitles. And if you want to know how to do that, just go to YouTube and do a search for how to correct subtitles on YouTube and you will find a video that will show you how to do that. But that is why I like hosting videos on YouTube. If you are self-hosting your videos, then you are probably going to need to manually do your subtitles. And it is important that you do this because it could end up with an ADA lawsuit if you don't do it. There are other options for hosting. It's not just YouTube. you got things like Vimeo and some others, and a lot of those will also create those subtitles for you. The point is, make sure that your videos have subtitles. So I was telling you about a plugin that we use when we're building websites. Again, like I said, I don't guarantee 100% that our websites are ADA compliant. We follow best practices as well as we can, but the lawsuits are just too out of control for, for me to guarantee somebody that their website is completely ADA compliant. Like I said, ours are way better than most, but they can still fail in some areas, especially in some of those gray areas like the contrast kind of stuff. But we use a plugin that helps with ADA compliance. This plugin does not ensure that a website is ADA compliant. As a matter of fact, you can put the plugin on your website and there's a lot of things, some of the basics that it doesn't cover, like your image alt text and heading structure and all that. There's nothing that this plugin can do about that. But what this plugin will do is it can change the contrast on the website. It can increase the text size. There's a lot of different things that it can do. And the best way for you to truly understand this is just go to my website. Go to shopmarketingpros.com. Over on the right-hand side, you're going to see a little green button that has the ADA symbol on it. And actually, as I'm saying that, I'm thinking to myself, that green button should probably be a different color because we have a lot of green on the website. We should make that contrast some more. And I will make sure that we do that. But this little green button, go click on it, and then you're going to have a lot of options to change some things on the website to be able to make it more friendly for someone who has a visual impairment. It doesn't do anything for a hearing impairment, but it will help people who have a visual impairment. And that is a free plugin. It is called Accessibility Light, and it's by a company called SiteLinks. Now, you can only use that if you have a WordPress website. If you have a different content management system, I should say, other than WordPress, then you would need to find a different ADA plugin if they even make one for the system that you are using. I hope that this helped you to understand a little more about ADA compliance. You really need to check out your website and determine if you are as compliant as you can be. A great way to check your website there is a website. The web address is wave.webaim.org. So that is W-A-V-E dot W-E-B-A-I-M dot O-R-G. And you can go to that website and you can put the link to your website in and it will check it. Again, it's not 100% perfect, but it will especially show you those major issues like missing image alt text and improper heading structure and it will even show you contrast issues take them with a grain of salt that's why i love the plugin that we have because if somebody clicks that button and they set it to high contrast then it is going to be as high contrast as it can possibly be and there's just no question about it when you do that so it's a great tool 
Again, I hope that this is something that really helped out. If you have any questions about ADA compliance, I'm happy to answer them. Look at, or to the best of my ability, I should say, I'm happy to answer them. Go watch the video and read the blog post that are in the show notes, and those will continue to help you out even more. So thank you for listening to the Auto Repair Marketing Podcast. We are just one podcast on a network called the Aftermarket Radio Network, and there are five podcasts, five great podcasts with lots of different information on there. One of them is hosted by Chris Cotton, who is a auto repair shop coach. One of them is hosted by Hunt Demarest, who is a auto repair shop CPA. One of them is hosted by Matt Fanslow, who is a technician. And then, of course, you have Remarkable Results Radio, who is kind of the mother of this entire thing. But go listen to some of those other podcasts. There's a wealth of information among these. I hope that you'll listen again next week. And until then, go fill those bays. You've been listening to the Auto Repair Marketing Podcast with Kim and Brian Walker. Follow the podcast on your favorite listening app. Find their emails in the show notes and visit them at shopmarketingpros.com. Let Kim and Brian know what you want discussed because they're all about advancing the aftermarket.